2: Ladies and gentlemen, may I direct your attention to something
0: quite extraordinary. Now, the Hunt Palmer Show. The Hunt Palmer Show on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Brought to you by Cork's Cajun Fried Fish and Shrimp. Live on the Mercedes Benz of
2: Baton Rouge Studios. This is Hunt Palmer. We can make it one more hour here on the Hunt Palmer Show this week. Our Friday show is brought to you by Corks Cajun Fried Fish and Shrimp. CorksFishAndShrimp.com. You can check out their full menu. Talking LSU and Florida, 15 minutes from right now. We're going to do Take It or Leave It, the bottom of the hour. My pick on LSU Florida and Saints Vikings coming up at the end of the show. At this point, every week, we do my SEC picks against the spread. Get you ready for Saturday in the Southeastern Conference. Let's look up my uh, my standing for the season. After a strong 5-1 one and 1 week last week, we we're at 39-33 and 1 six games over 500. Pretty good place to be sitting at this point, but we got to keep it rolling. You have it lay an egg here. We're back to square one. So let's keep the momentum going after last week. We always do these chronologically. So we start with Alabama and Kentucky in Lexington. The Cats are catching 11 at home. Kentucky's defense has faltered a few times this year. Georgia scored 51, Missouri scored 38, Tennessee scored 33. The Vols ran for 254 yards on this Kentucky defense. Georgia threw for 435 yards, ran for 173 more. That's been the pillar of this Mark Stoops program, has been recruiting these three and low four-star players from Ohio and Kentucky and Florida, and kind of building a stout defense. They've never been elite on offense, even though the last two quarterbacks they've had have been pretty high profile. They've just been more so a defensive program, and it just hasn't been as good this year. Now, did Bama find their offense last week, or is LSU's defense just bad? Well, we'll maybe find out a little bit more this week. It may not matter, because Kentucky is 11th in the league in passing offense. Devin Leary has not gotten going, and Bama can generally stop the run. Kentucky's going to try to feed Wade Davis. I just, Ray Davis, I just don't know if that's going to work all that well against this Alabama defensive front. I want to take Kentucky in a bit of a letdown spot for Alabama. I just can't. Kentucky got smoked by Georgia this year, smoked by Missouri this year. Last year, Tennessee hammered them. I just don't trust Kentucky punching up weight classes. I just don't. I feel good about them if they play South Carolina. I feel good about them against Mississippi State. I just don't feel good about them playing the big boys, and Bama certainly qualifies, so I'll lay the 11 points with the Crimson Tide in Lexington. Another 11 o'clock kickoff, Vanderbilt's at South Carolina. Heesh, this is a brutal game. These teams are 13th and 14th, so the last two teams in the conference in scoring defense, total defense, pass defense, and oh, by the way, LSU's in this league, and these teams are worse than LSU at all three of those categories. Yikes. South Carolina at least throws for 296 yards per game. That's fourth best in the SEC. Rattler had to throw for 399 yards for South Carolina to beat Jacksonville State last week. They went to the fourth quarter tied in that game. I I just can't swallow laying 14 points with South Carolina. I couldn't do it last week with Jacksonville State and covered. I don't want to take Vanderbilt. I never win Vanderbilt games, but I'm taking Vanderbilt in the 14 points because South Carolina... Just can't be favored by two touchdowns over anybody. Don't do this to yourself, team. Hunt. Well, I mean, I took Jacksonville State last week. I, least, I know. Is, is, who's better, Jacksonville State or Vanderbilt?
1: I don't know. I think it might be
2: a close game. Perfect, then I'll take the points. Beautiful. I'm not taking South Carolina <laughs> laying two touchdowns. It's just not going to happen. Um, Tennessee's at Missouri. This is a good one. Um, line a little stinky on this one. Missouri's catching two points at home. Missouri's played pretty well. They've been decent against the run. On defense, Um, Ray Davis did go for 128 yards. Logan Diggs did go for 134 yards against Missouri. So the good run teams have gotten some yards. Tennessee will certainly try to do that. Jalen Wright's been a really good running back for them this year. Tennessee's passing defense is good. And that's obviously where Missouri likes to to chew up their yards with Luther Burden. Tennessee held Spencer Rattler to 169 yards. It's about matchups. I just... I don't like Missouri trying to run, uh, trying to throw the ball in Tennessee, and I don't love Missouri trying to stop Tennessee's run. So I'll lay the two points with Tennessee here up in Columbia. Um, you know, Josh Heupel's team has had their struggles on the road. They couldn't win in the swamp. They couldn't win uh, in in Bryant Denny. This is not either one of those places, but. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to lay the two points with Tennessee against Missouri. 3 o'clock, SEC Network, Auburn at Arkansas. Do we think Gus Malzahn is watching this game with any intrigue? Of course, he's worked at both places. If Auburn could beat Arkansas, does that give it a better chance for that Arkansas job to come open, which I think they would target Gus Malzahn here? We'll see. But maybe Arkansas found some offense last week. In any event, even with last week's game, where they scored in the mid-30s, they're 14th in total offense in the SEC. That is good for dead last. Auburn is 10th in the SEC in total offense. That's not beautiful either. The under in this game is 48, which seems a touch high. Um, I like the Arkansas defense to show up and stop the run. Arkansas's defense has been decent. It's been decent. Not great, decent. And Auburn's offense is just not very good. So I'll take K.J. Jefferson making some plays like he did last week. New play caller with them. Maybe they found a little bit of a groove. And I just, I don't trust Auburn on the road here. So give me the homestanding hogs minus two and a half. The big one Ole Miss is at Georgia. This number, 10 and a half this morning when I filled this out on ESPN. It's a rare night game in Athens, which doesn't happen all that time. By the way, uh, just saying, if Ole Miss wins this game and Tennessee goes to Missouri and wins, the East is on the line in Knoxville next week. Like, we're that close to that happening. Now, maybe Missouri wins at home and Georgia wins at home and the East is over. But it, it, that close to a little flip. South Carolina, Auburn, and Missouri all kept it close against Missouri by slowing the Georgia offense down. It was a low-scoring first half in that South Carolina-Georgia game. It was a low-scoring first half in the Georgia-Auburn game. That's the recipe to keep things close. Now, Carson Beck has proven himself to be a pretty good passer. He's number eight in the country in passing yards this year. Georgia's pretty good against the run, and that's still what Lane wants to do offensively with Ole Miss. This is going to come down to one guy, in my opinion. It's Jackson Dart. It's the same thing we talked about last week with Jaden Daniels going to play Alabama and the numbers you've got to put up to beat these guys. We don't even have numbers that it takes to beat Georgia because nobody's doing it. Nobody beats them. Dart's going to have to do it by himself because I don't think they're going to run the ball very well. I love, 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 love Ole Miss to cover in this game. I like Georgia to win it. I've got a 10.5 point buffer there. I'll take Ole Miss and I'll take the 10.5 points in this game. And the last one, 630 ESPN2 is Mississippi State in College Station at Texas A&M. This number is 17 at this point. Uh, Mississippi State has scored 19 total points in its last three games. Two three spots and a 13 spot. They're not exactly humming in, uh, in the maroon. And A&M is number four in the SEC in scoring defense. That is not a recipe for a lot of offense from the dogs. Now, we're not sure if Will Rogers, who's dealing with a shoulder injury the last month, is going to go. Mike Wright hadn't been good. Chris Parson, the freshman, was asked to play last week and listened to some Mississippi State podcasts Uh, last week and and a little bit earlier this week. They think that Chris Parsons got a chance to be pretty good and may get an opportunity in this game. But it may be Will Rogers. And if Will Rogers has practice enough to play, he's going to go. Jimbo has hinted that Max Johnson's going to play. Whether or not that happens is very much to be determined. If you listen to Billy Lucci after the game on Sunday last week, he sounded very much like Max was going to miss some time. We think it's a rib injury. Jimbo said... He's at practice. Well, he can be at practice and not play. Connor Wigman, I'm sure, is at practice. He ain't playing on Saturday. So we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for either team in this game, which makes it a tough bet. Um, If Max Johnson can't go, Fresno State transfer Jalen Henderson will be the guy for Texas A&M. He's only played in the ULM game this year. Um, When I look at this without knowing who the quarterbacks are going to be, I still have to settle on the fact that I just I don't know that a can do a lot offensively without Max Johnson or Connor Wigman. I don't think Mississippi State's going to do a lot on offense because you, to beat a and and to, to hurt AM, you have to do it in the secondary, and that's not Mississippi's strong suit unless Will Rogers plays and plays like he did against South Carolina. There's so much uncertainty here. It feels like it could very easily be a 20-7 to game I, it's just a lot of points for me not knowing what quarterback is going to play. Maybe Max plays and Will Rogers doesn't. Maybe Jalen Henderson plays for A and M and Will Rogers does play. There's so much unknown. I'm just going to take the points with Mississippi State. I'll take 17 of them and hold my nose. Mississippi State is awful. They're awful, but I'm going to hold my nose and take the dogs and the 17 points. So those are my SEC picks for the weekend. I've got Bama minus 11 in Lexington. Vanderbilt catching 14 points in Columbia, South Carolina. Tennessee laying two in Columbia, Missouri. I've got the Hogs at home laying two and a half against Auburn. I've got Ole Miss plus ten and a half between the hedges. And Mississippi State headed to College Station catching 17 points. Those are my picks, and I'm sticking to them. We'll certainly grade my paper coming up on uh, Friday. On Monday. Not Friday. Monday. Uh, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and Brex baton rouge zoo welcome you to the 18th annual zoo run the zoo run is saturday november the 18th so a week from saturday it includes a 5k race that starts and ends at the zoo plus a half mile kids fun run after the race stick around and enjoy a day at the zoo visit 1045 espn.com today to register for a four pack of tickets that includes entry into the race you're listening to a friday edition of the hunt palmer show presented by corks back with some more sec lsu and florida talk on 1045 espn baton rouge
0: You are now listening to the Hunt Palmer Show.
2: LWCC is Louisiana loyal. Elevating and celebrating champions of Louisiana. Marucci Sports certainly qualifies. What an awesome company right here in the capital city of Baton Rouge. Started in a back shed making some bats. Now all of a sudden, kind of a big deal. Marucci Sports. They're so awesome for us in terms of tourism. They put on the Marucci World Series each and every summer, which brings thousands of youth athletes, parents, coaches into the city to promote tourism, and they also do a great job of bringing talent to Louisiana with their Baseball Performance Lab, which is state-of-the-art right here in Baton Rouge. If you know a champion of Louisiana that's doing great philanthropic work in our state, doing great things in our great state, LWCC wants to tell you about them with their Champions of Louisiana program. So go to lwcc.com slash champions and nominate a new champion of Louisiana. Marucci Sports is a champion of Louisiana. LWCC is Louisiana loyal.
0: Listening to the Hunt Palmer Show, brought to you by Corks, Cajun Fried Fish and Shrimp.
2: Hope your Friday is going well. I hope the work week is in your rear view mirror. That'd be a good thing. If it's not and it's close, we'll get you there. If it's not that close, well, Matt will help you out. If you're not that close, then Kate will help you out and Catholic High Football will help you out. We're live until midnight, live and local here this evening. To all the folks uh, playing some Louisiana high school football playoff games this evening, best of luck to all of you, and stay dry. Hopefully the weather holds out. And hopefully the weather holds out tomorrow for LSU and Florida. It looks like by game time, everything should be A-OK. Ryan Kelly, as we uh, are accustomed to, met with the media for the final time during the week last night and, and talked about a few things uh, when dealing with LSU and Florida. The first was the update on Jaden Daniels.
3: He is uh, he practiced again today, so he will uh, most likely pass um, the protocol, and, and uh, I would say that he is probable for Saturday. But
2: well, now you know that, and LSU sent out a, a, a social media post of yesterday's practice with Jaden Daniels helmet on going through drills. We heard Brian Kelly say on Wednesday that he ran 20 miles an hour on Wednesday morning. I'm going to speculate here. Give me the, the license to, to be a, a radio talk show host and not use any facts here, just kind of go off speculation. This is my assumption. Uh, LSU saw Jaden Daniels get his bell rung on Saturday, pulled him out of the game, mistakenly or made, made an error in putting him back in the game, then pulled him out for out of an abundance of caution. And we know that he was in the injury tent, and we know that they were administering some tests at that point. But he came, he got on the plane and flew back. He was watching film Sunday and Monday. He was going through workouts. This, to me, doesn't sound like a guy who lost consciousness, has a severe concussion, and needed to avoid light for three days. It's just what it sounds like to me. It sounds like LSU is being very, very cautious and that whatever they gave him this week, whether that was the light tests or the noise tests or whatever needs to be done. He passed with flying colors and he was back doing football things on the field on Wednesday. It just seems like this is a guy who's ready to go. That's my opinion based on gathering tea leaves. So I think he's full steam ahead. I talked to Preston Guy one hour from right now, back in the, the second segment of the first hour, and we were talking about the Tim Tebow concussion game back in 2009. Tebow got drilled into the ground in Lexington, Kentucky, and the lights went out. And he had a real concussion. that was a real issue. And we weren't as cautious then as we are now, as time goes. But you could look at that Florida game plan two weeks later, And look at the way Tim Tebow played where he did not run very much. Florida ran the ball a ton. It was a lot of quick passes. He was out there to play point guard, not to be a playmaker. And I don't think that's what we're going to see tomorrow. I think we're going to see 100% of Jaden Daniels. The question is mentally, because that's one of the things coming back from any issue, whether it's a a sprained ankle, knee surgery, elbow surgery, or a concussion. You got to trust your body and you have to play like you did beforehand. It's human nature to go, man, I might have gotten my bell wrong. I really don't need to get hit again. Let me just get down, which might help Jaden Daniels anyway. But I think you're going to see the full Jaden Daniels in the game tomorrow. Brian Kelly was asked yesterday, well, did going through this protocol you keep talking about, did that hinder him in preparing for the game?
3: Most of the things that he normally does within his preparation, he's been able to, uh, I think, prepare in the manner that he feels comfortable and we feel comfortable or we wouldn't we wouldn't put him out there. Garrett's too good of a quarterback uh, for us to compromise uh, the offense in any way.
2: And that's what I'm getting at with the Tebow comparison. I think Tim Tebow was compromised and the offense was compromised that night. I, I don't know. Hester knows him. Maybe you can get him on the horn and, and figure it out. But... I think Jaden Daniels is ready to go tomorrow. And I think you're going to see the best player in college football play an awesome game against a real shaky defense Saturday night in Death Valley, and that's, that's exciting. Um, I was asked earlier this week on a different radio hit that I did, they are like, is there any part of you that would like to see Nussmeyer out of curiosity? This team's not going to win the West. This team's not going to win the SEC. This team's not going to the playoff. This team's not winning the national championship. Your next chance to do that is likely with Garrett Nussmeyer quarterback. Is there some? Is there a piece of you that's curious to see Nussmeyer play a full game? And my answer was can. I said, yes, there is a piece of me that's curious. But the rest of it, which is far, far greater, wants to see the best player in college football go out there and rip Florida to shreds. That's what I'd really like to see. And that's what I think we're going to see Tomorrow, I think you'll get the full meal deal from number five, who I don't think you're going to see is Logan Diggs. Brian Kelly was asked, Is anybody else, you know, iffy on whether or not they're playing? And and he spoke to Logan Diggs' status.
3: I would put him as questionable going into Saturday. He had an upper body injury. He was in a uh, red jersey today, uh, non contact. We'll see how he responds tomorrow.
2: I don't know what that injury is, and I don't know if he's going to play or not, but. Being severely limited on Thursday's practice does not bode great for getting out there on Friday. That's kind of the benchmark in the NFL on a Sunday if you can't really go on Thursday. Now, he wasn't held out of practice. He was a limited participant in practice, but he is questionable. And so immediately, if you're Joe LSU fan, which I am when this mic comes off and most of the time when it's on too, but you immediately go, oh, well, let's see the freshman, Caleb Jackson. That's exactly what Preston said. And that's what I thought, but as Preston thought in the last hour, and I very much think as well, it's just not the way coaches think. There aren't coaches don't think, oh, we've lost three games and we're not going to win a championship. So I got a player hurt. Let's just see what the kids got. That's not the way it works. More often than not, the way it generally works, whether it's Les Miles, Ed Ogeron, or Brian Kelly, is okay, we don't have Diggs available. Who's the next guy we trust the most? And unequivocally, that's going to be Josh Williams. And I expect Josh Williams and John Emery to get a large share of the carries on Saturday night. I'll be pleasantly surprised if Logan Diggs goes out there, and I'm not ruling him out of the game by any stretch. I don't have any inside information on that. But I believe you're going to see a heavy workload of Josh Williams and John Emery. I would love it if Jackson gets sprinkled in. And I think you're going to see Caleb Jackson play a good bit next week against Georgia State. I just don't think you're going to see a ton of that on Saturday. Even though, as fans, that's what we want to see. It goes back to that curiosity about Nussmeier and what might be next year. You kind of want to see what might be. And there's no question that Caleb Jackson is the most physically gifted back on the team. No question. And there's no question that He's got the longest future on this team because the older players are, well, I guess technically he could transfer in this day and age, but you figure a Baton Rouge kid who would figure to be the starting running back next year if Diggs moves on is interested in him staying. But to get back to the point, it's, I just don't think you're going to see it. I think you're going to see the veterans play at running back, and I think you'll see some youngsters play in the game uh, next week against Georgia State. I'm not worried about LSU's offense at all. Uh, yesterday, if you missed yesterday's show in the open, I talked about Florida's defense. I rattled off a bunch of statistics about what Florida has been this year against the run and against the pass, what LSU has been. It's also cut up, and it's on Hunt on LSU on the YouTube channel uh, if you want to catch it in like a nine-minute segment right there and supposed to scrolling a little bit. Um, but Florida's defense has been bad most of the year, and LSU's offense we know is elite. I don't think it'll be compromised, even though Jaden Daniels left the game last week and Logan Diggs didn't practice on Thursday. That, to me, does not change the fact that LSU's offensive line is intact. Neighbors, Thomas, and Taylor are ready to roll with Lacey. You've got some talent at running back and some experience there, and I think Jaden Daniels is going to be ready to go. So... I'm not concerned about that. I think that LSU goes up and down the field on Florida because they go up and down the field on Bama, and they go up and down the field on Ole Miss, and they go up and down the field on Missouri and Auburn and Army and Graham. It doesn't matter. They go up and down the field. They went up and down the field in the first half against Florida State, and then we had a Lacey drop and a receiver fall down in the second half, and things spiraled out, out of control. But nobody's really stopped LSU and the only way to really do it would be to overwhelm LSU at the point of attack, and Florida hasn't done that all year. They're last in the SEC in sacks, and they are not prone to producing turnovers. There are only three teams in college football with less ter- uh, interceptions this year than Florida. So it's, it's, I love the matchup for LSU and uh, in terms of the offense. It's just a matter of whether or not that defense can go out there and give you anything. Uh, to slow Florida down, and I I have my doubts about that as well. So I'll get you my final pick coming up at the end of the show, um, and you'll see where where I I land on this game uh, inevitably, Uh, but that is 30 minutes from right now. Our Friday show is brought to you by Corks, Cajun Fried Fish and Shrimp. If you're looking to feed the office during the week, Corks is an awesome option. The Corks owners are the same folks that brought you Cuyans across the river over there in Port Allen. Cuyans has done great catering for over a decade in Baton Rouge, And corks can do the same thing. Delicious jumbo golden fried shrimp fried out of the Gulf. Unbelievable catfish that's clean and crispy. And get you those shoestring fries as well. They got awesome honey butter rolls and hush puppies, coleslaw, shrimp po'boys. They can feed your office. Just go over there to the location on government. Tell them what you need, and they will make sure it's where it needs to be. And that applies to tailgate parties as well. If you're heading out to campus tomorrow and kind of struggling on what we want to do for food, corks, corks and shrimp.com. check out that menu and let them feed your masses all right we're moving right along here on a friday edition of the hunt palmer show back with some take it or leave it that's next the
0: hunt palmer show
2: as the weather gets colder the nfl offers stay hot on fanduel right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins been thinking about joining FanDuel? No better time to get in on the action. The app's so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash 104.5 ESPN to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League. Must be 21 and present in Louisiana. First online room, real money wager only, 10 $5 pregame money line wager required. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is a bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. If you were somebody who has a gaming problem and wants help, call one 770 stop
0: This is the Hunt Palmer Show, brought to you by Corks, Cajun fried fish and shrimp.
2: Just half an hour left on a Football Friday edition of the Hunt Palmer Show, presented by Corks. My final pick coming up in about 30 minutes, but it is time for a little take it or leave it.
1: All right, first one here. Penn State will rise up and beat Michigan, in happy Valley this weekend. Take it or leave it.
2: You know, I gave that game a good look research-wise, and I feel like I was angling to try to pick Penn State. But they always lose the big game. They do. And I just think Michigan's really good. I think they're really mad. I think they're rallying around this thing. I have honestly kind of tuned it out. There's just stuff flying all over the place, and everybody's really interested in it. It's one of those deals that, like, I just... It's probably a flaw in mine as a sports talk show host that I'm so focused on what goes on on the field, and sometimes I just don't really give a darn about what's going on off the field. This is on the field to a degree, and if I get caught cheating, I guess it, it does matter a lot. But it doesn't affect me at all, and I got a football team to worry about down here, so I'm not really paying attention. But Michigan certainly is, and and they're they're going to come in in a bad mood, and I just can't I can't get on on the bandwagon with Penn State. I think of a good team. I'm just I'm kind of in prove it mode with him, and I'm not really in prove it mode in September through December with Michigan. Now you get to the playoff. I'm going to need you to show up and do something. You got dusted by Georgia. You lost an embarrassing game. Now seeing what TCU did later, so I need to see more in the playoff. But for, I just I'm not taking Penn State tomorrow.
1: You were on the Drew Allar hype train a little bit earlier. He's in the still season. really
2: talented and he's fun to watch and I think yeah. maybe in his time in Penn State he'll be great and maybe he's awesome tomorrow and I, I would love to see that. I'd love Penn State. I'd like to see Penn State shake it up in the Big Ten and see what can happen if Michigan beats Ohio State and I'm, I'm all for new blood in the playoff that, is, that merits being there. I don't need to see Cincinnati and I don't need to see TC or whatever but if I need to see Penn State if I need to see if Miami or Florida State wants to break through, if, if Texas wants to Washington. get there. Yeah, like Washington. Hey, yeah. It, with Penix, yes. With that kind of player, yes. But, like, new blood that that, that can that can hold its own, and certainly Penn State would be one of those if they could get there. So um, it's not like they got destroyed in, 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 at Ohio State. They just didn't get it done.
1: Utah will go to Seattle and spoil the Huskies' perfect record, take or leave it.
2: If I had camerizing, I could go for it. I just don't trust backup quarterbacks to go outscore Michael Penix on the Puget Sound up there in Seattle. Gorgeous, gorgeous stadium. Uh, so I should It's probably gorgeous now. It was not gorgeous when I went in 2009. The setting was gorgeous. The stadium was a dump. We were on wooden bleachers that because of the track that ran between the field and the bleachers, we were 80 yards from the closest end zone and 180 yards from the other end zone. So it wasn't awesome, but it was gorgeous. Uh, but I just I, I think I think Washington's too good for Utah to come in there. They'll be physical and they'll probably slow uh, Washington down a little bit, but they won't be able to score enough, I don't think. So I'll take uh, I'll take the favorites. I'm being boring, taking Michigan and and uh, Washington, but it is what it
1: is. Yeah, Utah got dusted by Oregon and Oregon's a much better team yeah. than than Utah, so. Moving on here, USC and Oregon. Speaking of Oregon, will go over 75 and a half. That is kind of <laughs> Comparable, I think, to the Iowa low of 28. But uh, well, take we'll, that or it. We'll I get there.
2: Um, look, I, I'll take it. I just... It, I was listening to Bruce Marshall on Live at Lunch. who's on the And he said he was at the USC game last week. And they all believe that this is all Alex Grinch's fault. And that now that he's gone, it'll be fixed. Now, Arkansas fired their coordinator, and they got a little better on the offensive side of the ball. But this defense is just brutal. I cannot believe Alex Grinch made that much money that long to be worse than my cat teeny at calling defenses, but that's where we sit. And you see, like, finally, USC finally got rid of them. They're going to score. Uh, Caleb Williams crying last week uh, in the stands, but. They're going to score. Oregon is going to score. Bo Nix is playing awesome. His completion percentage is pushing eighty percent. He's not turning the ball over. He's just been—he's turned into the quarterback everyone thought he was going to be coming out of high school. And so, yeah, they're going to score a bunch. I will absolutely uh, take over seventy-five and a half. It's a high number, but I—I I, I can't take the under in good conscience with USC or LSU. Conversely, on the other side
1: of the yeah. spectrum, as we talked about yesterday, Iowa and Rutgers. Their total is twenty-eight.
2: That will go under. Take it or leave it. Got to take it. I mean, at what point? I'll take it. Do you have to realize that like Iowa can't score and nobody can score on them? I mean, sure, some team. I think Ohio State and Michigan can score on them. Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights, they don't really fall into that category. They're they're awful. So
1: they're they're uh, they're awful, but they're not as bad as they usually are. No,
2: they're not. Shiano is the only guy. He's unlocked the code. He's like uh, he's like um, Bill Schneider at Kansas State. Like we're we're the only ones that can get this done, and so. They're, they're functional, but in, in my view of college football, which comes out of a place of arrogance from my watching three national championships in purple and gold, I deem anybody that's not even mediocre to be awful, and, and Rutgers certainly falls into that category. If you take the over in that game you are not going to have a good time. You might cover. You might get there in the fourth quarter, but it's not going to be fun. going to be sweating the It whole is not going to be fun because there is nothing dynamic about anything that either one of those teams do, and Iowa's defense is somehow really good. I, somebody needs to write a a in-depth case study book on the last two years of Iowa football. We don't get to see it anymore because Brian Ferentz has already lost his job, but... That is, for them to feel that defense and that offense two consecutive years is really something to see. All
1: right, moving on here. LSU's basketball team will make 15 threes against Nichols State tonight. The Colonels, take it or leave it?
2: I'll take it. Um, I'm, I'm buying in to LSU's basketball team's shooting ability. I think that's been pretty clear over the last two weeks, the brief time that we've spent on LSU's basketball team. Um, I'm very skeptical about ball handling, I'm very skeptical about defense, uh, especially shot blocking. Um, I'm not skeptical, and I'm not even going to hold their opponents against them on the shooting front. I think they've got four or five guys who are really quality SEC shooters. And so I believe against Nichols, a team that uh, went out there and got beat in their opener against Tulane. They held their own and lost by 10 to Tulane. Um, It's certainly a step up for Mississippi Valley State. And they only made 14
1: against Mississippi Valley State. Yeah,
2: but I'm going to take them to make make 15 uh, in this game. I think they're going to shoot a lot of threes. I don't think that Will Baker is going to be able to dunk every time down the floor like he did last last week against Mississippi Valley State or on Monday against Mississippi Valley State. So um, if you are coming in for the LSU football game from out of town, you're coming in from Shreveport or Houston, coming over from New Orleans a day early, um, and you're looking for something to do tonight, don't have dinner reservations, hey, head on over to the PMAC and watch the basketball team play. I think... For the non-conference portion of this schedule, um, especially the teams like Nichols that LSU has a decided talent, they're going to be fun to watch because they're good on offense. And that's just more aesthetically pleasing to watch. Last year's team did win their non-conference games. I don't know if it was aesthetically pleasing. They were grinding it out on defense, and they really struggled to score. I don't know how this is going to translate against Arkansas and Kentucky and, and against Texas A&M, but against Nichols, it's going to be fun to watch. So going out to PMAC and support the guys tonight, I do think they've got a real chance to make 15 threes against Nichols. All
1: right, number two, Duke, the Blue Devils, are going yeah. to cover the five and a half in Cameron Indoor against number 12, Arizona, tonight. Take it or leave it.
2: I'll take it. I'll um, take Arizona it. was so good last year, lost a little bit, and Duke's brought in another monster class with John Shire, and that, that can, they're continuing to roll on the recruiting front. Uh, incidentally, I saw on Twitter that Carlos Boozer has a son named Cameron Boozer, I don't think coach Hubert Davis has got a real chance to land him in Chapel Hill. That seems like a guy who's ticketed for Durham, Uh, Cameron Boozer. But uh, no, I I like Duke this year. It's really early, um, but they're, they're good. And it's at home. It's early. It should be a really high scoring, fun game to watch. Those are two up-tempo basketball programs like Mm -hmm. at their core. So that should be an awesome environment. Coach K said he's going, it's going to be only the second game he's attended since he stopped coaching at Duke. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be a good one tonight, Duke in Arizona. I'll take Duke to cover the five and a half. All
1: right, last one here. I think I know what your answer is going to be for this. Eighteen <laughs> innings at the box on Sunday. No rain on the schedule forecast. Take it or leave it.
2: Um, I'm gonna have to leave it. I can't Whoa. do eighteen innings. I can't. Uh, I. That's a lot anyway. But I've got a lunch to be at at noon. But the lunch probably goes an hour. I think I'll probably have a margarita at lunch, the birthday celebration, and then I'm gonna head over there and catch. Uh, Catch some innings. I would put the over-under on Hunt innings on Sunday at six and a half. I'll I think take the over. I think, I think that's probably where – well, you're, you don't – I got to get home and do dad responsibilities at some point because my Saturdays, uh, I'm not too attentive to the yeah. little one. so we'll see. Because it's it's toward the end of things and they're playing another team, I will be able to get to the box on Sunday. Uh, for those that will be in town, uh, 18 innings, I believe noon on Sunday is when they start up. And, and the, the rule on this is that you can play two – uh, two scrimmages against other teams and there is no inning limit. So the coaches have basically kind of said, we're just going to play 18 innings and get as many guys as we can, some looks on the mound. So uh, I'm excited to get out there. My hope is that, uh, is that Jay Johnson sends like Thatcher Hurd, Nate Ackenhausen, Griffin Herring. A lot of the guys I know, I want to see those guys pitch early. Do you think so he's going to do get that? There. I think he probably will. I think he'll probably start the game with Hurd and Holman and and Ackenhausen and Herring and, and those guys. And I'd like to get there to see some Cam Johnson. I'd like to see Gage jump. I'd like to see um, – uh, there was a couple more that I was thinking of that I'm uh, – the two freshmen, obviously, uh, with Brown and Anderson. Moffitt. Um, yeah, Aiden Moffitt, for sure, has, has been throwing hard. Uh, so, yeah, there are a few guys that I want to see pitch. And then I'd like to see a few other things. Josh Pearson at second base is something that we've seen a little bit of. Uh, in the fall I think they're looking for answers at second base I told you after the first practice I went to I was like I really like the the staff looks great and I see some real talent offensively I think the real like weak point in fall is that they don't have a great middle infield setup at this point Michael Braswell kind of taking the reins at shortstop and run with them a little bit Um, but I'm curious to see what they do at second. We'll see if Pearson can do that, and that frees up an outfield spot, and we'll see if Ethan Fry can maybe take that. I want to see more of Kling and Jared Jones. Let's see what the catchers can do. Um, Saw Travinsky hit a big home run the other day. So, yeah, uh, ULL and LSU, 18 innings at the box on Sunday. Um, I will be out there for some of that. I'm just not sure exactly how much at this point. So that'll do it for some take it or leave it. Um, get you set up for the broadcast schedule tomorrow on a game day under the guarantee umbrella here. Uh, kickoff's at 6.30, that means 1.30 on Saturday. Eagle 98.1 game day on Eagle 98.1. We'll fire up at 1.30 p.m. from Rouse's Burbank and Lee. That's Charles Hannegriff and Matthew Musso. They'll go three hours until 4.30 LSU Sports Radio Network will take over at that point. That's myself, Brandon Taylor, and Marlon Favorite from the Tiger One Village between the ramps of the Assembly Center. We'll be there for 90 minutes until about 6 o'clock. I'm going to talk with Jay Clark, LSU gymnastics coach. I had a conversation with Robert Steeples, LSU cornerbacks coach today. Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser is going to stop by, so a fun show there. Uh, we'll go until 30 minutes before kickoff. We'll toss it to the broadcast team, a Gordy Rush, Doug Morrow, and the voice of the Tigers, Chris Blair. They'll call you through the ballgame in 30 minutes Post game, 30 minutes after it goes final, me, Brandon Marlin, back taking your interaction via Twitter on the Fighter, Fighting Tiger post game report uh, over on Eagle 9 8.1. And then 90 minutes after it goes final, it'll be Charles Hannigriff and Richard Dixon on Eagle 9 8.1 games, Game Day's game show from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge studio right here. They'll be taking your phone calls after LSU and Florida. So start it up at 1.30 tomorrow with us, and we'll go until probably 2 o'clock in the morning after LSU and Florida. Just one segment to go on a Friday edition of the Hunt Palmer Show.
0: The Hunt Palmer Show.
2: Ooh, I got out to Gonzalez for lunch today. Got some Jersey Mike's. I had the original Italian. i tell you about it like three times a week. And I'm converted. Like I love their hot subs. The cheesesteaks are great. I think I might have converted to the cold sub full time here. It's just so good. They cut the meat fresh for you right there when you order it. It's ham, prosciutto capicola, salami, pepperoni, the lettuce, the tomato, Got their juice that they put on it. with this, And then the, they had the Parmesan rosemary bread, which I got today. Fresh baked today. It was fantastic. And I'm not the only one who's eating Jersey Bikes, Highway 30 in Gonzales. They are feeding two high school football playoff teams. Dutchtown and Santa Ma are getting Jersey Mikes today. They were in there at 5 a.m. baking bread, is, is what I was told by Ken Bordelon over there. Love Jersey Mikes Highway 30 in Gonzales. If you're coming, I know that everybody in the middle of Baton Rouge doesn't get out to the Gonzales exit right there at Tanger, but if you're coming in from uh, from the east tomorrow for game day, stop on by Jersey Mike's and get a tailgate order. They can do individually boxed lunches or those boxes with 12 subs, and they are fantastic. Download the Jersey Mike's app. Stop by and see our friends that location just north of I-10 in Gonzales. Jersey Mike's a sub above.
0: You're listening to the Hunt Palmer Show, brought to you by Corks, Cajun fried fish and shrimp.
2: Matt, will certainly have more on this one after further review, but Jim Harbaugh just now breaking suspended for the remainder of the regular season. So that'll be games against Penn State, whoever they have next week. I have no idea. And then Ohio State in the finale. I haven't seen word on the Big Ten championship game or any playoff games, but he's suspended for the next three. They had a chess run at the beginning of the season and got it got it figured out. Um, but Michigan will boot out as head coach on Saturday against Penn State. Alright, last order of business here on a Friday. We'll pick Saints-Vikings. New Orleans Saints. The Minnesota
0: Vikings. Final, final, final. final. Big. Big.
2: Somehow, the Vikings have won four in a row with Kirk Cousins in and out Um, it's mainly because of the defense they're third in the NFL in defensive efficiency during that four-game win streak And the Saints offense we know has not been awesome I don't think the Saints offense has to be awesome in this game they just need to, to score some points in the red zone feature Taysom Hill and don't turn the ball over Josh Dobbs got to Minnesota 25 minutes ago he was running an offense he didn't even know how to call last week and they found a way somehow to win the game. We understand the Saints have been really bad at trying to corral mobile quarterbacks, but I just can't imagine that Josh Dobbs and this Vikings offense are going to roll up a bunch of yards and points against a good Saints defense. I think the Saints do enough to get it done at the end. I like the Saints 26, the Vikings 24 up in Minneapolis. All right, let's pick the Tigers and the Gators. (laughs)
1: SEC
0: on CBS tonight, the Florida Gators against the Tigers of LSU.
3: An important game for us. You know, Florida has always been a a game decided by, you know, one score, the rivalry game, two teams transitioning to build their programs back to uh, national
0: prominence. So, you know, an important game for both teams. And years. You know, we're still chasing that complete game. You know, I think we're still looking for all parts of our team to play at the high level that they have played at at times. It's a challenge that you look forward to and a memory and an experience that you sign up for. Now,
2: finally, 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 You know, I've heard it said over... Uh, multiple times that LSU must have had a representative in the bathroom when the SEC decided hey we're doing permanent opponents uh, you got Florida when Ole Miss got Vandy and Mississippi State got Kentucky you got the Gators and I think those of you who sat through some of those absolute beat downs by Steve Spurrier in the 90s would be in disbelief to know that if you fast forward 30 years that LSU has won four in a row in this rivalry they've won 10 of 13 in this rivalry they've won 14 of 20 in this rivalry, the rivalry is now tied 33-33-3, and, and LSU leads 18-17 all-time in Tiger Stadium. But this one is going to feel a little bit different. These are two teams that, two programs that pride itself on, on great defenses and great defensive backfields, and to this point, both defensive backfields have been terrible, and both defenses have been terrible for a lot of the season. Hopefully the home crowd can buoy LSU a little bit and they can make a few plays. That's what I asked for in the first hour. But I know now Jaden Daniels is going to play and LSU's offense is going to make a lot of plays. I also believe that Graham Mertz and this Florida offense with Trevor Atien and Montrell Johnson are going to make a lot of plays. I expect it to be up and down the field. It was like that against Arkansas. Of course it was like that against Ole Miss and Missouri. My gut's been right every time this year. My gut told me that LSU was going to lose to Florida State, and I picked it that way. My gut told me LSU was going to lose in Oxford, and I couldn't pull the trigger. I I picked LSU right here. My gut told me they would go to Missouri and win. My gut told me that they would would struggle in Tuscaloosa, and I picked Alabama to win. My gut all week with Jaden Daniels in the lineup has told me that LSU was going to win this game. Got to finish strong. Got to win these last three. Get to nine and three. And let's see if Jaden can't inch towards the Heisman Trophy. My final score for Saturday night in Death Valley, LSU 44, Florida 38. I don't care which way they do it. Just get it done. Matt's coming up next on After Further Review. Y'all have a great football weekend. We're back Monday. Go Tigers!